Radio. Well, hello, and thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of The Journey. We're screaming along to almost the end of April. I don't know about you, but I've already had quite a few occasions where I've had to dive into the recesses of the cupboards to find some warmer clothes as we move pretty steadily towards our winter season. But wherever you're listening in from today, I hope you've got some beautiful weather. And if not, you're behind glass somewhere, perhaps in your car, perhaps at home, staying nice and warm to listen to the fantastic inputs and music that we've put together for you on this week's show. And of course, we've got our inputs from all of our usual presenters. We're going to hear from Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Sam Clear, a champion fellow who walked around the world for Christian unity, is going to talk to us about forgiveness. We're going to hear from Sister Hilda Scott and Pete Gilmore as well. I'm really lucky this week to be able to have a bit of a chat to Tracy Coombs. Now, those of you who listened to the show over the series of weeks leading through Lent, even though you might not know Tracy's name, you'll certainly know her music. She wrote a series of beautiful songs that put the Psalms through that Lenten season to music. And we're going to have a bit of a chat today about where the inspiration came from, because she's a a real talent. She's a real find in Australian music circles. So I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you. First, though... And as we always start the show, we're going to read the gospel that's set down for this weekend. That's read by Nick Weir, our, our sound editor. Then we're going to hear a gospel reflection from Deacon Steve Varney. And I've got to tell you, he's only a deacon for one more week because when Steve Varney talks to us next week, it will be in the capacity as Father Steve Varney, who's preparing this week for his ordination. And it's been a real privilege to see seminarian Steve move into Deacon Steve, and, and it's going to be great to hear from him not only this week, but next week as Father Steve Varney. Let's get into it. Let's hear the gospel. Let's hear from Deacon Steve. It'll be time to hear Our God is Love from Hillsong. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John chapter 10 verses 11 to 18. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd is one who lays down his life for his sheep. The hired man since he is not the shepherd, and the sheep do not belong to him, abandons the sheep and runs away as soon as he sees a wolf coming. And then the wolf attacks and scatters the sheep. This is because he is only a hired man and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep, And there are other sheep I have that are not of this fold, and these I have to lead as well. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be only one flock and one shepherd. The Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own free will, and as it is in my power to lay it down, so it is in my power to take it up again. And this is the command I have been given by my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. People sometimes refer to others as sheep, as an insult, when they seem to act with no self-determination, to follow without serious thought. The reality is we are all sheep in some way. We are often afraid. We are quite defenceless to the many evils in our world. And we also tend to follow. Even the most self-determined person finds inspiration in individuals and groups around them. It is unavoidable to be influenced by others. To have shepherds is not just part of being a sheep, it's part of being human. Jesus says today he is the good shepherd. Surely this implies there are bad shepherds 
or at least useless shepherds. How many bad or useless shepherds do I have in my life? The people and things that influence me yet fall short of the good shepherd. It could be television shows, the internet, sporting idols, or even our own expectations of life that can be bad shepherds. They give no life. They have no concern. And as Jesus says, they abandon the sheep and run away as soon as they see a wolf coming. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows us, dies for us, and empowers us in the face of evil. He said so himself in the gospel. I know my own, and my own know me, and I lay down my life for my sheep. I lay it down of my own free will, and as it is in my power to lay it down, so it is in my power to take it up again. I'm Deacon Stephen Varney. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. A memory came back to me the other week of a long, long time ago. It was a memory of my father. Remember that before I joined religious life, my father took myself and my younger sister on a bit of a holiday. Because we never had much money, we used to stay at caravan parks whenever we went. Now, on this particular time, I remember we were up in Armadale, and my sister and I had gone off to the shower block and came back, crawled into bed. My father had gone off to have a shower, and he came back. And for reasons that I can't now remember, I sort of pretended I was asleep, but I wasn't. Dad came in, and I, I sensed that he was coming over to where my sister and myself were, but I closed my eyes, and clearly he thought I was asleep. And then, as he turned his back, I opened my eyes and I saw him go over to where he was sleeping at the far end of the caravan. And then I saw my father, who was a big man, really big with white hair. I saw him kneel down to say his prayers. This big man who had a big job, loads of responsibility for electricity throughout the state. He was down on his knees talking to God before he went to sleep. That memory stays with me because it, among other things, epitomises the foundation of God's love that was given through my father, through the humility of his life with God. I wonder how many of you parents out there listening to me now realise the simple attitudes that you display, the simple acts of prayerfulness the simple acts of relating to God, do you realise how much of an impact they really have? Perhaps your children never tell you. I never told Dad about that. Perhaps, as I said, your children never say anything. But trust me, as you well know, they're in there and they will have the power to teach long after you're gone. Then you're really giving your children what counts. Welcome back to the journey. Big cheerio to Albury Wodonga's 98.5 The Light to 99.9 Reamer FM in Port Macquarie. Pulse 941 on the south coast of New South Wales to Wagga's Life FM 101.9 and Bendigo's 105.1 Life FM. Let's not forget Gippsland's 103.9 Life FM as well. If you're listening in via one of those radio stations who take the show each week or if you're one of the thousands of listeners that tune in online or perhaps through Cradio, gee, it's good to have you on board. 
And I really hope you enjoyed our little piece today from Sister Hilda Scott, which she called On Your Knees. I tell you, she is unbelievable. She comes in here to record these inputs for us, and she's just a joy and a dead set pro. I tell you what, we call her One Take Hilda. She just absolutely flies through all this stuff, and the wisdom literally just oozes out of her. It's obviously coming from a life dedicated to prayer and reading the scriptures. And, well, she distills that down for us each week in these little pieces that she gives us. We're going to get into hearing from Peter Gilmore in his Living the Gospel segment. He's going to tell us about the importance of, well, learning to lean back. It'll make sense once you hear it, that's for sure. And then after we hear from Pete, I'm going to let you hear this interview that I was really lucky to get with Tracy Coombs, this singer-songwriter who's not only an incredibly talented musician, but obviously because of her walk with Christ in her own daily life and prayer life, has the most amazing gift of writing songs that draw people into an experience of the divine. So I promise to bring that to you after the break and after we hear from Pete Gilmore. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on The Journey. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. I've done a fair bit of horse riding in my time. You know, I've ridden on easy, everyday tracks and some of the more advanced ones where I'm sure even the horses are thinking, uh, this may not be the best idea. There's one thing that still gets me after all these years, and it makes me sweat a little. When you're descending down a hill on a horse, where it's steep and uneven, to make it down the hill successfully, you have to do the most nonsensical thing. The horse feels like it's on the verge of falling over, you're being shoved all around, and everything inside you wants to gather up the reins and hold on for dear life. How do you make it down in one piece? Push your feet into the stirrups, let the reins out, and lean back. Lean back? Are you crazy? Or wait, who are you going to trust? Your instincts, or the trusty steed that has walked this path many times before. When things look uncertain in our life, our natural instinct can be to panic and to cling to whatever looks like the closest, safest thing. But God is asking us to do the foolish thing. Plant our feet firmly on Him, give Him room to lead, and lean back. So whatever steep hill you're descending today, I pray that you trust Him that has walked the path many times more than you, and lean back. God bless. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Welcome back to the journey. Hope you enjoyed that little piece there from my old mate Pete Gilmore. He's an absolutely incredible man. He is one of life's true all-rounders. I don't think there's anything I've ever asked him to do that he can't do. He's, he's a musician, he's, he's an artist, he's a graphic designer, a web designer. Great storyteller, great communicator. I keep trying to throw things his way that I think, hey, he'll struggle with that. But I tell you what, there's nothing this guy can't do. Right, it's time now to get into this interview that I was lucky enough to get with Tracy Coombs. And the chat I was able to have with her about her music, her faith, and how she writes such beautiful songs. Let's get into it. Really lucky to have on the show today, Tracy Coombs. And Tracy has written all of these wonderful reflections that we've been playing as part of our Arise Lenten program. She's a really talented singer and songwriter. And Tracy, it's great to have you joining us on this week's show. Thanks, Jude. It's really good to be here. Now, Tracy, we're loving the stuff that we're playing on the journey, all of your, your music that you've written for the Lenten programs. For our listeners out there who don't know you, tell us a little bit about Tracy Coombs. Well, I'm a mum, I'm an artist. I love music. I've been writing songs since I was quite young, so writing songs is pretty much just part of the way that I think. And I also teach young kids music. Now, Tracy, tell us a little bit about your background in in music in ministry. Well, most recently I've been playing with the team at Holy Cross Helensburg, 
but previously I was doing worship development leading at Uniting Church. So the idea was to uh, to interact with people before we actually did the song so we would get them involved in the song and even talk about what it was about to really give them a sense of the importance of worship. So you've got a bit of a background across some different denominations and, and you bring a real richness to your music because of that, no doubt, Tracy. So listen, what do you play? Well, the main instrument that I started on was guitar. When I was around eight, my parents had a guitar sitting around and instead of letting me play football with my brothers, which is naturally just what I did. They said, okay, we want you to learn guitar. So that was the first one that I learned. And I had an excellent teacher who would come every week without fail, no matter what the weather was, he turned up. Having that faithfulness of him coming every week meant that I had a really strong grounding in reading music and comprehending music. And we would play the songs together. We'd re- I'd read the top note, the top line, he'd read the bottom line. And then from that, I just began to write songs because I was already a poet. I suppose that leads me to my next question, Tracy. There's a, there's a big difference between being a good performer and, and someone who can play music. The jump to actually having the ideas of, of songs and, and being able to get that down on paper is, um, well, it's a big jump. How do you do it? Well, as a young person, I wrote a lot of poetry. So I was I was quite deep. My brothers were into sport and I did sport, but I, I like to spend quite a bit of time reflecting on things. So I did write poems, like the first lot of poems I wrote were, you know, well, you know what, a, what a seven-year-old would write, everything rhymed and it really didn't make sense. But as I kept doing the poetry, things started to form and the poetry started to make sense. And the poetry I wrote wasn't always rhyming. It was actually had a lot of meaning in it. So I think I naturally went from being a writer to writing with music. So the actual development of music through all the the lessons helped me to apply music to writing and to ideas. Tracy, you've written some beautiful songs for us to use, and well, that have been really used right around the country at the moment as part of the Lenten program that focus on the Psalms. Just interested in the approach that you bring to writing songs of faith, knowing that people are going to be, well, really praying with the, the music that you've written? Well, to me, Jude, I feel that the words of the Bible, and in this case, the words of the Psalms, that they're alive, and that when I actually read them, then the Lord, through his Spirit, he shows me the in-depth meaning of these scriptures. And the ones that are in the Psalms, when I actually approached each one at a time, I would go through the content of the Psalm and just really ask the Lord what he wanted me to do with it. And I would start with the refrain because to me that was the that was the one we were going to keep coming back to. That was like the chorus of the song. And so I'd really just concentrate on what sound I wanted to bring to that particular part. And so when I actually wrote it, I would try to bring joy to it. So the richness of my songwriting and the way I write actually really came out when I worked with the Psalms, which I really loved. Tracy, I'm not sure if you realise just what a big impact that your music is having. Um, I've had many people comment to me, and I, I know to others that have been involved with the Rise Lenten program, that the music is just so beautiful, that it's speaking to them very, very deeply. How does it make you feel to know that people are listening to your music and then immediately moving into prayerfulness? And, um, that must be an incredible feeling. Yeah, I feel very honoured, and but also a little bit shy too, because I am kind of shy even though I'm a performer. It is almost like uh, overwhelming. Uh, to me, I just look at it and say, 
I just want to do everything for your glory, God. I just, whatever I do, I want it to reflect you and do it with excellence. And even this week, I was remembering a scripture that impressed me, which was do everything as a representative of Christ. So when people say that they love what I've done and they love my voice, I do get a little bit shy, but I would just pray however I respond to that person, is to show them love and appreciation for whatever they've said to me. Tracy, some people might be looking at what you've written here and going, well, this girl's a bit of an overnight success, but you've been doing this for a long time. I suppose my question for you is, what do you hope the future brings for you and and your songwriting, in particular the way that you reach out and draw people into relationship with Christ? Well, my hope for the future is to continue to minister to people the love of Jesus Christ. That's really what I want to do. And he has formed that in me. He has formed that whole desire in me because I remember a time when I openly said to Jesus, no, Jesus, I don't want to do your will. And I was adamant that I did not want to follow him. But the funny thing was, not long after I said that, I actually said to Jesus, help me, I want to do your will. So there was this opposing forces in me. One didn't want to follow, the other did want to follow. And the Lord heard that prayer and he has actually given me that desire to minister to people his love. So music itself seems to have a real effect on people where it can help them to relax and it can help them to be receptive. And I want people to be able to trust me that my desire for them is to know the love of Jesus Christ. I'm not there to to hook them in and to rope them in and say, hey, you know, you've got to know Jesus. I just wanted to create music that will give them a sense of God's love. That's really what I want to do with the music, and that's my hope for the future. Tracy, people love what you've written. How can they get a hold of it? Well, the Psalms themselves, people can access that through CD Baby and iTunes just through doing a search for Tracy Coombs Arise CD Baby or Tracy Coombs Arise iTunes. There's a whole lot of other stuff that I've released in the past and people can find that on iTunes and CD Baby as well. So if anyone wants to do the search, my name is spelled T-R-A-C-E-Y and my last name is C-O-O-M-B-E-S. We've really loved playing your stuff on the show right throughout Lent. We're going to keep playing it after Lent because the response has been so fantastic and uh, it's been a real joy to speak to you on the journey today. Thanks very much for coming in. Well, thanks, Jude. It was a real pleasure to come in today. Well, thanks very much to Tracy for enabling us to do that interview with her. We wish her every success in the future because she's just so talented and has such a heart for bringing people the stories of the scriptures. We're certainly going to keep playing her stuff on our program. All right, time for a quick break, and then after the break, we're going to be hearing from an amazing man who walked around the world for Christian unity, Sam Clear, and he's going to talk to us all about forgiveness, faith, hope, love, and life. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of The Journey. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Walking the walk, here's Sam Clear. How good are we at forgiving others? It can be so easy to forgive and forget with some people, and then others... Wow. While walking around the world praying for unity, I was held at gunpoint three times, robbed at knife point by four men, beaten up a few times, had two bedroom invasions, and was verbally, racially, and physically abused. Forgiving those who'd hurt me was difficult enough, but for various reasons, I'd end up taking that forgiveness back 
and find myself needing to re-forgive them. The guys in Costa Rica who held me at knife point, I kept reimagining my way back into that situation and in my head, let me tell you, I'm fantastic at kung fu. I had to re-forgive those guys time and time again. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, Jesus tells us that when you stand to pray, forgive anyone against whom you have a grievance, so that your heavenly Father may in turn forgive you your transgressions. And then again in Matthew chapter 18, we're told that when Peter approached Jesus, he asks, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you not seven times, but 77 times. It can be really tough to forgive those who've hurt us, but this isn't a nice on the side option for us. It's our calling. We're called to forgive. To follow Jesus entails forgiving others. To a large extent, forgiveness is being able to recognize that the other person's brokenness does not affect our dignity and that our brokenness does not chain us down. While walking around the world, what I discovered was that the hardest person to forgive was often myself. And if we don't already feel challenged enough, James writes in his letter in chapter 5, The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. James doesn't encourage us to make an apology to God, but to one another. To confess our sins to one another. Or are we too proud to do that? Much disunity exists in the church due to pride and an unwillingness to forgive or to confess. But if we are followers of Christ, that's exactly what we're called to do. I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. For more on the walk around the world for unity, go to walkforone.com. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. If you want to know a little bit more about Sam's story, then you really should just go to the Walk for One website and get a bit of a rundown on just how passionate this man is about Christian unity and doing all that he can to bring that about. He certainly put his money where his mouth is when he decided to walk around the world and not pass any Christian church without knocking on the door and saying, hey, I'm Sam, I'm from Australia, do you want to pray with me for Christian unity? And hasn't he got some stories to tell after that journey? And that was just one of them today. Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Call. Very often when the Bible talks about holiness, it uses the image of gold being refined in a fire. It is important to understand this image if we are to understand how God is going to work with us. The traditional way of refining gold is very similar to the modern process. You take a lump of rock which has some gold in it and place it in a fire. Gold has a very low melting point, so the gold will melt while all the other elements will stay solid. The person in charge of refining the gold will then scrape off all all of the impurities and set the gold on fire again. Once more, impurities float to the surface and they are removed. This process is repeated until you can see your face reflected in the molten gold. This is how God works with us. He uses the trials and sufferings of life to melt us. It is in these times when we are stretched to our limit that all of the impurities in our heart float to the surface. 
we are then able to have them removed through seeking the mercy and healing of God. This process will be repeated throughout your life until Jesus can see his own face reflected in your life. What this means is that the difficult and ugly parts of life are very important. Seeing your sin rise to the surface is part of the journey of becoming a saint, as long as you allow Jesus to heal you with his mercy. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. I know this is hard to believe, but we've come to the end of another show. Today's show in particular has just flown by. Thank you very much to all of our presenters. Father Dave, who you just heard before that song with his little piece called Melting Moments. We also heard from Sam Clear today. It was great to have Pete Gilmer on the show. Sister Hilda Scott, of course, and Deacon Steve Varney, who's moving this week towards his ordination. It'll be Father Steve Varney that we're hearing from next week. Of course, really good to have had the opportunity to speak to Tracy Coombs today in that interview all about that music that she wrote for the for the Lenten program that was used right around Australia, which continues to get played all around the place. It's just, it's just great. So thanks, Tracy, for joining us on today's show too. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe, work hard, say your prayers. God bless. Thanks for joining us on this week's journey. The Journey is produced by Jude Hennessy and edited by Nicholas Weir from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. Radio.org.au